You guys, welcome to Understanding Shant Podcast, episode one. Now, I have mentioned in episode zero a little bit about my general information. Today, I will explain to you where in life do I stand. So, at the beginning, I was an expat. Here's the thing. Episode one, you have to listen really carefully because it can become very confusing. I try my best for you guys. So, my parents are both Dutch. Now, my dad had to move for work to Asia. They lived in China for, I think, six years with my two brothers. Then they moved to Singapore and then I joined the club. Then I lived there for uh, six years and then one and a half year in Bangkok. And then I finally moved for the very first time to the Netherlands uh, and lived there for six years in Rotterdam. Um, before that time, I always went to the Netherlands during the summer, but I've never lived there. So, anyways, um, and now I live about five, six years in Amsterdam. That's the current living status. So, the interesting uh, thing about this podcast is you guys want to know what my current status is about my dating, my health, my spiritual, and my sex. Um, because these are all the topics. Currently, I'm single. Uh, my friends find my dating life pretty funny, so <laughs> that's one of the reasons why I'm going to tell them as well. They don't... F well, I mean, I don't find them funny, but it's just that I'm doing some weird shit. Not that weird, but not really normal either. So, and my health... My health is fine. Uh, sport all times. Uh, I take my time... Uh, all the children, ch the child's sickness are all past, so um, I don't have that many body issues. But I'm not healthy in the sense of knowledge. I feel like I'm lacking in that aspect. Podcast is a reason why to start being more healthy. You talk more about it, you reflect about it, you analyze, and from there out you learn this is more kind of like a spiritual or mental thing as well. That's also, you know, being healthy. Then, uh, my spirituality. Uh, I'm in a healthy state when people say, how are you? I'll, I'll answer shortly. Like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm fine. Yeah, no worries. But if someone says, um, how's your spirit? Um, you get a much longer answer. What I've learned the past couple of years is that um, I got very expressive. I became more open uh, in the sense of, you know, being an open book, also being open-minded. At this age, you also want to experience new things and do some crazy stuff as well. So this is the perfect time to talk about it, to go on adventures. I have mentioned in episode zero that podcast is a way of me reflecting on myself and it's also kind of like my personal not well not personal sharing diary because I don't quite like writing I've never was good at it so this is my way of reflecting on it and if I write stuff in diary it's just you know it, it sits there it starts to simmer there 
And when I talk about it, I release it. So, yeah. Not the best communicator, but I'm trying to be. And lastly, one of the headline everybody is waiting for, sex. Now, I'm having sex right now. No, I'm joking. Uh, no, I'm, this is a little harder to talk about because currently, well, it's, it's, it's flat now. I can only talk about the past experience and that will come up later in the other episodes. All four headliners have been covered for now. Here's the thing, from now on it will be interesting, I think, for you guys. Remember when I said that my family went from the Netherlands to China, from China to Singapore? And then in Singapore I jumped in the family. I'm adopted. Now you have a question. Wait, where did you get adopted? I was born in Cambodia and I moved from, from Cambodia to Singapore. For the people who don't know where Cambodia lies, it's between Thailand, Laos and Vietnam. Now you guys are probably thinking like, wait, what? I have questions. That's okay. I'm cool with it. Um, you can ask questions, for example, like, Wait, um, what age were you adopted? Or um, why did you get adopted? Okay, some questions are rude. Some people think like that. But in my situation, I'm really cool with it. I'm really open about it. And I'm a very happy person. And I'm very content about my past. A little bit more detail about my adoption. Uh, I was five and a half years old when I got adopted. Which means I know quite a bit of my uh, background. Uh, I have some... Uh, memories and I'm really happy about that some people they are adopted at the age of you know baby and they know nothing about themselves or nor do they have memories of their past I do and I'm very lucky to be in this Dutch family I love them very much and they helped me they're they're such great people you know uh, after I got adopted they stayed connected with my uh biological family this is so great because years after that we went a couple of times to Cambodia to visit them to stay connected um I wasn't that big of a fan at the beginning because I was like wait I'm adoptive like why do I want to go back you know I don't I don't I don't new life anyways so but aftermath I'm very grateful for that because when I was 18 I realized that it's actually such a good thing um i even went back to cambodia on my own uh on a backpack trip and to visit my family there as well and i'm really grateful that time i started flourishing with questions from hey mom like what what was my real name or what was my real birthday um what were the names of my real parents or Okay, I did say that I started to flourish in asking questions about my adoption, but I've been talking often about that topic with my parents, so it's nothing new, but the curiosity, the intensity of that, it just gotten stronger. Another question that pops up often is, how did you get adopted? I was five, and... I said I wanted to get adopted. I don't know how 
it happened afterwards that I went up to the orphanage director or I screamed out, but I for sure had my own voice. Because when you're five, you have your own voice, your own mind, your own character already. So I wanted to get adopted. And my character was known as Miss Bossy Boots. I was bossing people around. I was kind of like, you know, the main bitch. And I was very firm on the ground. Yes, I was bossing everybody around. That sounds so nice. Because now I am just a sweetheart who's very sweet and, and very careful. And I'm just trying to get that bitch mood again. Only be a bitch when it's necessary, though. Another question people ask is, if you're five, do you remember the language? Do you speak the language? I don't speak the language anymore. I had lessons in Khmer, but during the lessons, I was just off dancing around. Like, I don't care about the language. I just want to dance anyways, Um, which is a bummer because now I'm quite disappointed that I don't know how to speak. In the future, I do want to speak the language again because in the back of my head, I do know the sound of it. I can pronounce the words really correctly. So it's still in there, but I just need to learn the grammatica, spelling and sentence structure and stuff like that. Another question I get asked is, you know your family. How do you stay in contact with them? They have mobiles and internet, they have Facebook, they have WhatsApp. So I can see their progress. Um, it's not that I talk to them every day nor every week, but pictures and videos go by and you can just see how we all grow up. The sad part is that I don't speak Khmer and they don't speak English. So we can't really communicate. Another question your parents are Dutch, but you speak English right now. So what's the dealio? I've moved from Cambodia to Singapore and I lived in Singapore for six years. There is one Dutch elementary school. That's how I learned my Dutch. And at home, I also had to speak Dutch. At the same time, I also speak English. This is a little bit hectic for me because I lost my mother tongue and I had to learn two new languages at the same time. So I am still struggling on catching up with my English and Dutch um, because when I was five, I already had little vocabulary in my mother tongue and I had to lose that. And at the same time, I had to learn two new languages. So I couldn't really compare my English and Dutch or no, not compare. I couldn't even translate the languages in my mother tongue. But then when I talk Dutch and I speak Dutch, people are like, oh, but it, it just, you don't hear any difference. Like you're speaking so well. I'm like, yeah, because it took me years to ace that. Well, I still don't ace that. I've also noticed that whenever I go back to the Netherlands on holidays during the summer, I had difficulties uh, communicating with family members because all that time I was in Asia, I've only been talking English and a little bit of Dutch. So my Dutch was way more behind than English. And right now it's the other way around, actually. 
now that I live about, well, 11 or 12 years in the Netherlands, do I feel Dutch? No. Do I feel Asian? No. That's the thing. Going back to the beginning of the podcast about being an expat, that's what it does to you. When you're an expat, you have tasted the culture of another country. You've seen, you smelled, you have experienced it. You even socialize with the people. You get a much better understanding of how other people behave and the way they're thinking, the way they're behaving. Life was wonderful. Didn't have to do shit. Because everything was sorted out for you. As a kid, you don't have to worry about anything. Your parents take care of you. And the company of my dad, they take care of us. One thing, duh, it's summer all year round. And the food, it's great. You can you can choose Indian or, or Chinese, Japanese, uh, Vietnamese, Indonesian. Like, holy crap. You can taste all sorts of cuisine. Of course, you can taste anywhere else in the world as well. But there, it was so easy. We just go out... I think nearly every evening, I was a very easy eater. Uh, I only ate one dish, and that was fried rice with an egg on top. Everywhere I go and everywhere I knew they had fried rice, I'm like, yep, I'll take that. And the portion size was like an adult. And kids, they usually eat less, but I ate the whole plate. And lastly, the egg yolk. So good. Anyways... At a certain point, we went out to try out uh, restaurants, and I was like, what? Shit, they don't have fried rice? Okay, what now? And I couldn't choose, and my dad was like, okay, I'll choose something for you. I'll be like, okay, cool. <laughs> and then um, the dish arrived, and I was like, what is that white and shriveled up thing? And all those swirly stuff next to it? What is that even? So eventually my dad was like, try it, try it, you never know, just have a bite. And I was like, no, uh-uh. And then he was like, okay, cool, you're not going to get any. And the moment he cut the white stuff open, I was like, oh, no, the shrimps. I like them. But I already said no to it, so I'm not going to try it. And that evening, I did not eat. <laughs> Since then, I learned that I should try food, and I realized that I like a lot of food, so it was very easy to take me out for dinner. Have I mentioned what dish it was? There were dumplings with fried noodles. The food learning was at the beginning of my adoption. I'm guessing maybe around two months of knowing each other. Um, so my parents had to find a way to teach me, and I was very stubborn. That's why Miss Bossy Boots. But anyways, I got defeated, and I couldn't communicate back, so I stayed quiet. <sighs> Enough about the food. How about transport? There's this small memory. I didn't cope well with vehicle, because I've never stepped in one before. So there's this little memory uh, when I arrived by a taxi cab just in front of my new home. I puked into my dad's hands. Yes, very cute. I had to learn how to cope with the movements of the vehicle. So one way is to just sleep. Yeah, sleep 
all through the journey. I can also look outside, but when I want to, you know, play with the dolls or read a book or, you know, looking down, no, I'll get sick. So, answer, sleep. Sleep is answer for everything. Oh, here's another thought um, that pops up. When I just got adopted, I wasn't used to the stares that people uh, give. So when I walk down the street or having dinner or in a park, I, of course, have a look around, see my surroundings, and I see people looking back. And I thought, why are you guys looking? Like, I, I didn't realize that, you know... I had different parents because I consider them as my real parents, but no hard feelings actually. But I'm like, why are you guys looking? There's nothing special here. And then, yeah, but they probably stare because I'm a cute girl. So yeah, thanks. But the stares I receive most is whenever we are on holidays. It's unusual for them to see that. And I get that. It's really intriguing. Let's go a little deeper, shall we? So, how does my character fit in with my adoptive family? Let me explain. My parents chose a child who is somewhat older. Not two years old, nor ten years old. So, five or five and a half, that was fine. And they wanted a girl. And I just want parents. <laughs> this bitch. Sorry. Anyways. um, So the adoption process. My parents, they went to an adoption agency. And they checked their profile to analyze what kind of family they are. Uh, each character of the family. How does the family um, interact with each other? And they also checked my profile, eh, Miss Bossy Boots, my background, and to see if we're a match. This kid, she was very modern. Even one of my teachers, she told uh, the orphanage people or my parents that I was very un-Cambodian. Now, a little heartwarming moment. My mom, she said that she always felt something missing in her heart, and that was me, oh my god. Oh yeah, um, the I've forgotten to say that why I wanted to get adopted is probably because I got really influenced by the orphanage, I had a lot of sponsors, um, mainly from America, and... I kept seeing Caucasian people uh, coming back and forth and kids there also got adopted. And one of my friend, um, she underwent a surgery and this American couple, they sponsored her. And after that, she got adopted. And then I was like, yeah, sign me up. Then I went to the orphanage director and I was like, yeah, me too, man. <laughs> Probably probably went that way. The other day I talked to my parents about adoption again and I <laughs> had like a little mouth flip 
uh, adopt an abortion. It's the the writing is very similar, even though the meaning is very different from each other. But there's this dyslexia in my mouth going on. There should be a word for it. I don't know what it is, but it's not stutter. Um, so I'm going to explain what the meaning is behind the words in Latin. It's very logic. If you look at the words, adoption, add, there's a prefix, add, you add something to it. Then you have adopt, which means chose for oneself, take a choice or select. And then you have the option, which is, it's a free choice uh, to desire, pray for, choose. And everything comes together at option, pretty much. And then same goes for abortion. You have the prefix word up, away, to separate, to take something off. But then there's this little thing. There's no option in the abortion. There's this uh, letter I in it, which derives from aboriri, which means appear, born, arise. And then if you put together the ab and the oriri, you have the aboriri, which means to miscarry... Uh, fail, disappear, pass away. And then you have the between Latin word abortionem, which means, again, abortion, pre-curing of an ultimate birth. Then altogether, you have abortion, the expulsion of fetus before it is viable. Anyone mind-blown yet? Thought this was relevant to include. Uh, there are so many things to still talk about. Mm-mm-mm. Nah, I think this should be enough for today. Have any other further questions about this topic? Drop down questions in my Instagram and I'll get to it. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to eat cake. What's the occasion? It's my mom's birthday. I'm going to thank her and thank my dad. And then we're going to pick up a puppy. It's going to be fantastic. So cuteness. So, have a nice day. Have a nice week. Have a nice weekend. And you hear from me soon. Tschüss.